Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at automated teller machine ATM cash flow. My guest in this episode is Dave Zook. Dave is a successful business owner and an experienced real estate investor active in multifamily apartments, self-storage, and the ATM space. Dave has acquired more than $100 million worth of real estate since 2010 And currently, he and his investors own approximately 3,000 multifamily apartment units. Together with his business partner, Dave is a renowned and trusted professional resource in the automatic teller machine ATM investment market, where they have deployed more than $90 million of investor capital, and they are heavily invested personally in the ATM space. Today is our 500th episode of the Cashflow Ninja, uh, another milestone, and I try to celebrate all wins along the way, and I will celebrate this milestone that we've reached today just by thanking you for your support of me, your support of the show, and your support of all of my guests. I deeply appreciate you being on this journey with me the past three years. Uh, You truly inspire me and Whether you know it or not, you guys fuel me and my purpose every single day. So thank you very much for being a part of uh, the Cashflow Ninja journey and the Cashflow Ninja community. And if you want to stay informed of all of the things happening with the Cashflow Ninja community, just head on over to Facebook and you can type in Cashflow Ninja community and you'll find us and uh, join our Cashflow Ninja community Facebook group. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Dave, welcome back to the show. MC, thanks for having me back on your show. Yeah, super excited to have you back on and uh, for episode number 500. So super excited to share it with you. Wow, I'm honored to be your 500th guest. <laughs> That's a long time, 500 shows. That's great. 
Yeah, what a what a journey. So, uh, and you've you've uh, been on the show a couple of times. So, for listeners that uh, is not familiar with Dave and what he does, he'll explain in a second. But I would highly also recommend if you go to CashflowNinja.com, just type in Dave Zook, and you'll find the other episodes where Dave has shared other aspects of investing. Because when it comes to cash flow and 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 when it comes to syndication. He's one of the top experts, so I'm very honored to have him on. Dave, why don't we uh, start right there. Uh, for folks not familiar with you and what you do, uh, can you give them a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur all my adult life. I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad was a very successful businessman, still is. We uh, were, were heavily involved in the modular building space here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So we build uh, modular garages and storage sheds and ship them all over the country. And uh, it, it wasn't until just the last uh, decade that I became really interested in real estate. And it was for a specific reason. I was having tax problems. I uh, got myself in a position where I had started a couple businesses, partnered with some guys in business. Our modular building businesses were doing very well. And uh, I got to the point where I had to pay almost a half a million dollars in tax. And, you know, I kept hearing Robert Kiyosaki talking about how you could make millions of dollars in, in uh, income and, and pay little or no tax. And it drove me crazy. So I, I actually stalked him. I hunted him down. I, I got in front of his CPA, got with his real estate guys, and I, and I realized that uh, real estate could be not only a good way to build wealth and, and you know build streams of income, but it was a real tax shelter, specifically in the multifamily space. So I went from being all about business and no real estate to all of a sudden wanting to buy all the real estate I could get my hands on because I, I was tired of paying tax. I um, got into the multifamily space. I bought a couple hundred units on, on my own, got myself in a position where I went from paying a half million dollars a year in tax to paying zero in tax, all at the same time, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling my income. So that was pretty cool. So since then, I've been all about my investment thesis has changed uh, quite a lot. And it used to be all about, well, you know, if I put my, you know, hundred grand out there, you know, how much would, how much will it return to me? Anymore, I think about it a lot deeper than that. Yeah, like a nice. Everybody likes their nice return on investment, but for me, oftentimes when I go out and and you know look at an asset class or I look to make an investment, to me it starts with okay, how does this impact me from a tax perspective? So that's how I got into real estate, and then. Sort of everything, you know, from the multifamily space, it kind of went from multifamily to uh, ATMs and self-storage and sort of everything sort of happened organically. And, you know, I got to meet some really cool people through my investor networks. And, and um, you know, some of these investments, I started investing passively with a certain group like that. Like, say, for instance, the ATM investing. I was, an, I was a passive investor in ATMs for you know, like four years before they approached me and said, hey, uh, partner with us, come over with us and, and partner with us. We could use your help. And uh, so that's how I got into the ATM space. I started as a passive investor and, and uh, now recently in the last couple of years, uh, I'm an active partner there and, and we've sold a lot of ATMs to uh, a lot of hungry investors. 
Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes to, uh, from you is you could be, you know, conventional or wealthy, right? Pick one. Yeah, so. you only get one. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, a lot of the things that, that you talk about too is uh, the complete opposite of what everything everyone is told, right? So for example, through a lot of real estate, get into a lot of debt, increase your income and pay basically almost no, no taxes legally, right? So yeah. it's, <laughs> so the complete opposite. So very excited to get into the ATM conversation, automated teller machines, um, because when you, I mean, it's impossible to not walk past one during just the average flow of a day, right? Um, can you share a little bit about, uh, well, the, the trend of cash, let's start there with ATMs because um, a lot of folks are thinking, well, it's a cashless society. We have all these cryptocurrencies, all these blockchains and, and so forth. So when you talk ATM syndicated investments, the first thing that people talk about is, well, isn't cash going away? Because that's, that's what a lot of people just say. You know, they just keep saying it over and over. Is there any basis for it? Well, so first, let's go take a look at who our customer is. Um, you and I, here, here's the general rule. If you have the money to, if you're an accredited investor and you have the money to invest in an ATM machine or, you know, a unit of ATM machines, I mean, you're talking a six-figure investment. You're talking $104,000 to invest in this space and you need to be an accredited investor. You're probably looking at that thinking, well, I don't use those things. They're, you know, I used to use them when I was a teenager. That must mean that they're going away because they're not, you know, I, I don't use them. My friends don't use them. Well, that's besides the point. The point is, if you can afford to invest in one, you're not a user. Primarily, our, our users are the lower income. These are people who um, use an ATM machine as their bank. Ten years ago, those people, factory workers, they used to work at a factory. They used to, you know, Friday night, they'd get their check. They'd go to the bank. They'd, they'd cash that check or they'd put the check in the bank and then they'd get some cash out to live for that week. doesn't happen anymore. Everything gets ACH'd into their account. Uh, now you're walking out your C-class multifamily apartment. You're not going to drive across town five miles, three miles to get to your bank and then stand in line to get cash. You're just not going to do that. You're going to walk down the corner deli and you're going to get some cash out that you need for the week to live on for the week. So, you know, most people that you talk to that are getting ready to invest in this space or doing their due diligence, they think ATM use is going away. Cash is going away because you and I, most of the time we transact with plastic. We can transact with credit cards or something like that. The fact is, according to the Federal Reserve's own reports, the use of cash went up four and a half percent, between four and a half and five percent last year alone. That's a huge number. Yeah. So this isn't just, you know, we're not just taking a wild guess at this and saying, well, no, 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 this is, uh, you know, ATM use is good, cash use is good. No, we're getting hard data. And the use of cash is actually increasing, not decreasing, like most people think. 
Yeah, there's some very interesting data on this too. Doing my research uh, myself uh, on ATMs, it's quite fascinating. You have uh, a, m- a massive amount of folks in the U.S. are they, they don't they don't necessarily use banks, right? It's it's a lot of cash transactions. What is it? Almost about thirty yeah, percent. Like forty-five million people are either underbanked or unbanked in the United States. Yeah, in a country of three hundred and sixty million, you know, you have a very large part of the population. And then the other things that I see, and you see little tidbits in the news. I mean, Amazon, which. I mean, this is now, uh, it's a behemoth and and you name the business, Amazon is in it. Um, Amazon stores is also making, you know, um, arrangements to accept cash in these these regional stores that they will have in in certain of the cities. Um, So if they're looking at something like this, I mean, this is a company that's really not just on top of all the trends, but setting the trends. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because Amazon was going down this this path in their, you know, like their Whole Foods grocery grocery um, stores that they were going, they were going this, down this path uh, of going cashless. And there was a number of cities that said, no, 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 you're not going to do that. You can't. They actually banned that. They actually set laws that you can't be cashless. That's uh, that's discrimination. So you actually see some cities, you know making some rules that, no, you can't, you're not allowed to go cashless. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Um, the other thing that is also fascinating is what you, when you look at what's happening in the fintech sector and banking specifically, because, you know, you and I had spoken beforehand, these are very old models, you know, banks. And I was, I was thinking the other day, um, I had to go in just to to take care of paperwork in a bank, which is probably the only reason why I even go into a bank. But I was thinking while I was there that my my children would probably, I mean, they would probably, and they're very young, but I could think like 10, 15 years from now, there's no reason for them to go into a bank basically, right? So banking itself is changing dramatically and the uses of banking um, but ATM is a very big role to play, ATMs, in the, these changes that are happening in the fintech and banking sector. Yeah, your kids are going to be like, what? You used to walk inside <laughs> of a building to bank? What did they have in there? You know, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, it, it, is, it is going mobile. And, and the fact is, there's ways that we're going to bank. I mean, banking has changed in the last 10 years. There's ways that we're going to be banking in the next 10 years or even even sooner than that. There's going to be ways that you can use an ATM machine that you haven't even thought of today. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm under NDA for some of it, but there, there's, uh, you know, I can tell you some of the things that are coming down the uh, kind of pipeline. And, and, you know, you're talking even today, you can, you can cash checks, you can make loans, you can, um, I mean, we've got machines out there that are crypto compatible that you can, you know, swap cash for Bitcoin or, or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the old Western Union model where, you know, let's say somebody was working for somebody from Mexico was, was up uh, working in the United States and he was sending money back to the family and they were keeping, you know, five, seven, 10 percent of the of their check to make that transfer back to their family. You, you can do that for a couple of dollars now on an ATM machine. So there's a, all kinds, you know, we're we're monetizing the surcharge you know, the, you, you go in there, you swipe your card, you get the cash. We're monetizing that. But there's all kinds of ways in the future that you're going to be able to use an ATM machine 
and we're going to be monetizing that. So it's it's it, there, there's going to be dozens of ways that ATMs machines are going to be used going into the future that that we don't even use them for today. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue-chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and Stealth Storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Yeah, I actually, again, while I was doing some research, I looked at what the ATM looks like in that bank that I went into. And I just paused for a second. I'm like, holy moly. Like this is like, uh, it's, a, it, it's a super machine. Because as you mentioned, deposit, taking money out, depositing checks. Um, there's just so many different functions uh, that you can do. So these are not like the old, just single use machines that somewhere in an isolated place where no one is, these are actually things that uh, can do a multiple and array of functions. That was the first thing that struck me. And then it's funny how these, you know, when you look into something that there's certain conversations that happen. So I recently had a conversation with someone that is a regional manager of a bank and he was explaining to me that how just inside the banking industry, how the the the, the whole process of of structuring where banks are located and the locations are changing because you're going to basically have a regional satellite bank which will have folks in there and still handle you know certain aspects of the business um but atms would almost act quote unquote in his in his own words as mini banks so where a lot of these banks will be you'll have atms in those locations but not necessarily brick and mortar bank locations anymore 
Yeah, you know, and you're talking about different uses and and this ATM that you saw in the bank and the technology yeah. that's inside that box. Um, our machines that we're placing today, we're placing them, they come standard with a uh, high-end video topper on the machine. So we place the video, you know, the, the a screen on the machine that we can market to people. And we collect all kinds of data. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, it, you know, you're making we're, we're following eye contact where where are you looking at when you're looking at the screen what ads are you watching what age are you you know they're watching we're, we're collecting data from people walking past are people stopping in their tracks looking at it are they gazing at it for more than one or two seconds we're collecting all kinds of data so just that alone just to be able to market uh use use an atm machine to market to people and monetize that it's a big deal yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Let's touch on the model a little bit, how this works in this universe, right? Um, so the other thing that I that I found as well, and you can maybe elaborate on this, is that these machines are not owned by the banks. They're actually, banks actually pay to have their names on it, I found, funnily enough. So it's part of that sponsoring thing that you just referred to and all the other ways that it's monetized. Uh, maybe you can uh, sh just give us an overview of the model, how it works, who owns the machines, where are they placed, and so forth. Yeah, so first, um, let, me, let me kind of break this down uh, because there's really, in the past, there's really only been sort of two sorts of ATM operators. You have the mom-and-pop operator, they can blanket an area, a 50-mile radius. They can m maintain the machine themselves. They can supply the cash. They get capped out around 150 to 200 machines. That's the mom-and-pop operator. Then you've got the institutions, the big boys, the Cardtronics, the billion-dollar companies, public companies. There's never been, that I'm aware of, there's never been a company that has taken an institutional grade product and then brought it back to small mom and pop investors. Obviously you need to be a accredited investor, but there's individual investors. So that's what we do. We play in the institutional space. We take down large portfolios. We're out there playing with the hedge funds, equity, uh, you know, private equity groups, hedge funds, those types of players then we're taking that portfolio it could be a five ten fifteen million dollar portfolio we're putting it on a contract and i'm bringing it back to the individual investors giving them the access to this sort of portfolio and i'll just give you an example i mean we were we took a group of fund managers to new york city and we were walking around manhattan and, and spot checking a couple of our machines and one of our machines is i mean we, we've we've got some contracts with some large um, multinational name, global named players uh, in New York City, I mean, and and you would recognize the name. I mean, they they you know they sell burgers and fries. So we go into this location in Times Square, and there's this location. They sell over two hundred thousand dollars worth of food per day. You're talking about hamburgers and French fries, you know. I mean, so those are the types of locations. Obviously, that's a premium location, but that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about institutional grade uh, locations. They're not available to mom and pop investors. Here's a way where you can invest in institutional grade locations, and you can still be a regular accredited investor. 
So yeah, to your point, most of these banks, you, you may have a bank that owns a machine that's inside the bank. Other than that, if you get a bank out in a deli, you get a bank out on the street, you get a bank, you know, in, in a restaurant, they're not owned by the banks. Even if the even if the ATM machine is wrapped with the bank logo, that's a marketing piece for them, and they're paying us to market. They're paying us to wrap the machine to market for them. Um, the way that we put these portfolios together for individual investors, we actually take the large portfolio, then we bring it back and we chop it up in bite-sized pieces. So the $104,000 is the investment. Um, you, for that $104,000, you get seven ATM machines. Those seven ATM machines are, you know, you get the serial numbers, they're, they're yours, but you roll them into the fund and then we manage that fund for you. So we manage the ATM. So you really, you know, if you, if you, if your friend has an ATM machine and it's in that burger location that I just mentioned where you got, you know, foot traffic, you got people milling around it all day and all night, he's going to get the same kind of return as you are, let's say in a much less traveled, traveled, he's going to get the same return that you are in a much less traveled location. So what we do as a management company, we say, you as the investor, you're going to get 3,373 transactions. We're going to commit to you that you get 3,373 transactions per month for your unit of ATMs, which is seven ATMs. Of the surcharge revenue, let's say it's $2.50 or $3.50 in that range, you're going to get 63 cents per transaction. That transaction, that surcharge transaction gets split up between the real estate owner, the investor, and the management company. And so when you look at those numbers, you know, 63 cents times 3,373, that's $2,125 per month or $25,500 per year. So it's a nice little cash flow and uh, venture, but here's where it gets interesting. You get to write the whole $104,000 investment off. You get to take a deduction on that $104,000. You write that off over five years. So you get $25,500 in income, but you get $20,800 per year on average in depreciation. So you're really only paying tax on about $4,700 of that income. So roughly 70 to 80% of your income is tax-free. So not only is it good, strong cash flow, but you got good, really good tax benefits. And, you know, it goes back to what I said in the, in the first part of the show about how, you know, Robert Kiyosaki said, you can make a lot of money. You don't have to pay tax. I mean, if you <laughs> plan this right, if you, you know, because paying tax is all about how you make your money and how you spend your money. Yep. So if you, so if you, if you're strategic with this, you really can make a lot of money and pay little to no tax. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, and it's almost like it, it can be a lot of fun if you gamify it in a way, right? Because yeah. it, it becomes fun. It's like, how do I, how do I make money in this cash flow investments? And, and how do I basically pay as little taxes legally as I, as I can? Because the tax code is, is a game and it's a series of incentives for folks 
um, and basically for the federal government to direct activity into a certain sector or in a certain niche. I always use the example, the federal government doesn't want to be a landlord, right, with real yeah. estate. So they incentivize real estate investors to come in there. The federal government needs people to create products and services so business owners get breaks, right? So it's the same, th it's the same mentality that you take into it as saying that there's incentives for folks to produce and create in a certain way. It's not hacks. It's not loopholes. It's none of that. It's just, here's what you need to do to pay as little taxes legally as possible because everyone else benefits. You know, if you end up with a big tax bill at the end of the year, April the 15th, that's, to me, that's considered a fine. That's, right. that's the government giving you a fine for not doing what they want you to do. Really, when you end up with a zero or very little tax bill, you're, you're and and you're making a lot of money, you're you you've created your life, you've structured your life in a way that you're you're providing value to lots of people, and yep. the government is rewarding you for it. And they're saying, hey, you you go down this path, you do what we want you to do, we'll reward you and we'll give you tax breaks. That's all it's about. Right. And money needs to keep moving and circulating. And if you help in certain ways, structured ways to do that, to keep money moving and circulating through the economy to help it grow, you get absolutely incentivized in that way. Dave, I think like a lot of listeners might be familiar with real estate investing that we just touched on and multifamily investing. So a good exercise would probably be if you can speak to um, this type of investment, this ATM, and maybe do a little comparison with multifamily because there's a lot of similarities and then there's some differences. Um, yeah, if you, if you just want to touch on that. Yeah, so this is a seven-year contract. When you get into this deal, it's a seven-year contract. At the end of seven years, we sell your machines at fair market value. But look, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of buying a brand new pickup truck and hauling produce back and forth to the to the west coast or to the east coast, depending on where you're located. But coast to coast, you're driving that truck for seven years, and you're making really good money doing it. At the end of seven years, that truck's not worth much. That's that's the equivalent of an ATM investment. At the end of seven years, your ATMs aren't worth very much. We sell them at fair market value. Here's the interesting part. I'm going to draw a parallel with multifamily investment. It, let's just say you were holding... Uh, a multifamily uh, asset for seven years. You're getting a seven, eight, nine, ten. If you're really good, you're getting into double digits nowadays. If, uh, you know, if that doesn't happen a lot, but um, you know, if you got a really good asset uh, now and, and you're getting into the double digits, it's great. Um, you're holding that for seven years, where you really get your big kicker, your big. Uh, capital event is at the end when you sell it. Let's say you sell it or refinance. Let's say you sell it at the end of seven years and you get into that high teen internal rate return. That that's a great that's a that's a, that's a great asset. That was that that asset did very well for you. So in the ATM space it's it's a little different. Instead of getting your instead of getting your big kicker in the end, you're getting it every month. So this is a 24.5% cash on cash return. The, the numbers that I just gave you, the breakdown, the surcharge and all that, it's 24.5% cash on cash return. But what happens since you're not getting the, you're not selling the machines, the ATM machines at the end for a profit, you're actually taking a loss of the machines at the end, your 24.5% cash on cash return drops down 
to an 18.5% internal rate of return. So instead of you going from a 7, 8, 9, 10% cash on cash return in a multifamily space and then you know, jump into 15, 16, 18% internal rate of return, you're going the other way in an ATM machine. But still, at the end of the day, you know, you're getting an 18.5% internal rate of return on these on an ATM investment. So it's it's just different. It's you know, a lot of people sometimes they you know they have questions, they they you know the ATM market, the ATM space. I mean, there's there's brokers, there's portfolios, there's a whole market built around this space, but it's much smaller. It's a really mm-hmm. niche space. So a lot of people aren't familiar with it. But that's typically how it works. And and you know, when you draw the comparison with a multifamily apartment asset, it's very similar, but it just you know, it just plays out a lot different. Yeah. And we've covered a lot of, obviously, pros of the investment. And I always ask, too, who is this not a good fit for? What type of person or investor is this type of investment not a good fit for? And what are some of the cons of an ATM investment? Well, if you're looking to build long-term equity growth, this is not it. You know, this is not one of the things where you're going to hold for seven years and you're going to cash out and you're going to, you know, walk away the big payday. This is totally different. But if you're looking for a strong, you know, another an additional income stream, if you're looking for a strong cash flow play, this is the one for you. This could be the one for you. Um, tax breaks. If you're looking for something that'll give you that'll protect your cash flow and make it tax free, this is a really good play. Um, let me see what else, um, really just the equity growth portion is, is not, you know, if you're an equity growth investor looking to invest and, and kind of set it and forget it for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, this isn't the one. Right. Right. And uh, upon the exit strategy, let's just say the seven years is done. You're in this. What, uh, is there uh, investors can then obviously the machine machines are, are sold. There'll be another opportunity to enter another seven machines. What are some of the, the back end strategies that, that you would recommend or look at? We would like to think so, you know, but seven years is a long time in this space. I mean, you're talking yeah. technology. So, yeah. you know, we get out there, we get out seven years. We would like to think that you can roll right into the next uh, unit of ATMs, but we're only going to do this as long as it makes sense. If it's making a lot of sense in seven years from now, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we think it will. You know, with all the new technology that's coming in that we're going to be able to use in ATMs and the, and the different ways that we can monetize that, uh, we think this, this play is going to be around for, uh, you know, decades. But at the same time, seven years in this space, we'll see, we'll see what seven years brings us. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point because I, you know I personally looked at it too, and I and I thought to myself, what if you know what if let's just say what's the opposite side of some of the trends and some of the data that we're looking at, right? Because the ca- use of cash is growing. There's a certain part of the population that's unbankable. The fintech trends, all that kind of stuff. What is the the complete opposite of that? The complete opposite of that obviously is cash disappears, right? But then you look at the time frame and the window, and I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, is it going to completely go away in the next seven to 10 years <laughs> and well, i would yeah exactly. well and, and and even you know your real risk is not seven years your real risk is like three and a half years right because at, at three and a half when you consider your tax benefits along with your cash flow now you got all your principal back in your pocket and you still you still got cash flow coming in for another you know three and a half years so your real risk, your capital is a risk for that first three and a half year period. So if you're one of those that thinks, well, 
you know, cash isn't going to be around in three and a half years, then this probably isn't the right investment for you. But if yeah. you're looking at, at it globally and thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, uh, you know, we see the trend. This trend is growing. Cash is being used more than ever now. Uh, you know, you got billions of dollars more cash in the system this year than you, than you had last year. So if you look at that trend and think, well, you know what, I think it's going to be around for a couple of years. And, and, you know, my my risk, my my risk profile, I think we can handle this. You know, those are just things you got to think about. But no, your real risk as far as losing capital is going to be in that in that first three and a half years. Where can uh, listeners reach out to you? Where can they stay informed of the projects that you're involved in and learn more information about this? If uh, your listeners reach out to info at therealassetinvestor.com, um, you can also go to our website at therealassetinvestor.com. But if you reach out to us at info at therealassetinvestor.com, someone, either myself or someone on my team, will reach out to you and get you the information that you need to make an informed decision. Fantastic. Well, Dave, as always, a pleasure. Always enjoy our time together and our conversations and always learn a lot. Uh, appreciate you coming back on the show and sharing this information with our listeners. Hey, one more thing, uh, MC. Uh, I have a brand new independent ATM report that I'd be happy to, to give to your listeners. So if you want to put a link up there on your site, uh, I'll make sure that you get it, but it's brand new. It has a whole ton of information about the ATM industry and, and where it's going and all that. I'd be happy to share that with you and your listeners. Fantastic. Yeah, that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be great. I'll put that in the show notes and we'll get that out to our, our listeners as well. All right. Thanks for having me back on your show, MC. Yeah, thank you so much. Episode 500 over. All right. <laughs> Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint, followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.